It's like a piece of music. You never lose sight of the theme. Each scene pushes off to the next like music builds, and you can almost hear the next chord progression. So it has a strict structure, which is very compelling. David Strathern. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Holt. And I'm Lee Esses. We hope everybody had a good Christmas or other holidays, whatever you celebrate. We are finishing out 2021 with our last two Frequently Asked Questions episodes, starting with this question. Any advice on switching from one scene to another? It feels jarring to be describing someone on a bench, say, and then have a few days pass and show him at work. This came from somebody on Facebook. Answering this question really took a lot of self-examination because scene transitions are not something I've thought about. I've read quite a bit, and so it's always been instinctive. What we've broken down for you this episode are things to look at and to discover about yourself and to start noticing in other people's writing that makes that scene transition work really well. The short answer to this question is that the scene transitions are not as jarring as you think they are. You have to trust your readers to know and understand that time passes. There are not always going to be things happening in the in-between. And that is the purpose of a scene transition in your story. Either the setting is changing or the time is changing, or often both. If you want to discover more about successful recipes in Scene Transition, I would advise you to look up Scene and Sequel. That is basically defining portions of narrative storytelling in the stuff happening section, the scene, and the thinking about the stuff that has happened or will happen. That's the sequel. So in the scene, this is where you have action that's propelling the plot forward. Could be literal action, or it could be dialogue, something key to what's happening in the story itself. I also like to give my readers a little bit of breathing room. That's where the sequel moments come in. This is where the characters reflect. So they could be plotting, they could be thinking through a mystery, breaking it down in their head, It can be a lot of internal thoughts. In looking at my own writing, I see a lot of starting a scene with sequel. And that may or may not be the best habit, but that's what I'm seeing in my own. So many chapters start with a previously on. There are a lot of misconceptions about these scene transitions going from one point in time or place to another. A lot of new authors especially think that they must show the progression from point A to point B. This breaks down to the how will the reader know if I don't show my character doing blank. A lot of those I have to show the transition between place to place can be eliminated or summed up in a quick line of, hey, I need to get my oil changed, then I'll meet you there we can assume they drove a car there. We don't need to see them in the car getting the oil change. We see them getting there, and we assume the oil change has happened. Your audience is smarter than you give them credit for. 
And I can almost guarantee that if you're seeing them in transitory moments, these are going to be moments where it's mostly internal self-reflection. You're not focusing on the movement, you're focusing on the internal sequel. Of course, if you're writing something like Lord of the Rings, where traveling is a large part of the plot, then yes, go ahead, show it. Or if your character gets in a car accident on the way to the oil change place. That's interesting. Throw that in. But if it's something that we all can assume happens, if the book ended right then and there, you often don't need that scene in your story. You can't say, I'm going to go get my oil changed and then meet you there and then go get the oil changed and meet them there because that's just repetitive and boring. Another misconception is that you have to start or finish the scene when your character arrives on set and when they leave set. It's often much more interesting to have it happen in the middle of the moment. That's why there's the writing phrase in media res, in middle of everything. In that same vein, chapter breaks don't always have to be during scene breaks. This is why I don't chapter my books until I'm on at least my second or third draft, because I will always put my chapter breaks at scene breaks if I do it the first time around, because it's easy. You need chapters to end with cliffhangers. So you need that chapter to end with your character getting stabbed. And then that next chapter can start with them ripping the dagger out and slamming it into the person's chest that just stabbed them. So you put those chapter breaks in middle of scenes and you don't need to do it every time, but that will help your transitions especially your chapter break transitions, flow better and keep the reader going. So those are some misconceptions. We do have some things to aim yourself toward as well. And that would be understanding in part the definition of a scene. That time change is part of why you will change a scene. If you are writing that scene change and time is happening, Something as simple as in your dialogue, you say, hey, I'll see you next week. And then the next scene comes with them opening the door. We can assume that time has transitioned. So when you have a scene that needs to change, it's because either the time changed or the place changed. You can say that through weather. You can say that through dialogue. If you have an event happening like, oh, okay, prom is this Saturday and all of a sudden your character is doing their hair and putting on their prom dress, we know, okay, now it's Saturday. But you don't need to say, it's Saturday, it's the day of the prom. It's easy to transition by setting up earlier a timeline of what things should be. The same can be said for place. If you establish we are going to the coffee shop, then we see them walking into the coffee shop that's a little superfluous. But you can open the next scene having them sip a cup of coffee, and then we get, oh, they must be at the coffee shop they talked about earlier. Watch your favorite show and watch how they change scenes. They have it really easy because they can do fancy little, like, wide shots and then little medium shots. In books, you can't really, I mean, you can establish a wide shot, but that tends to be boring in books because it's just a bunch of description. So we want to go in and focus on those close-up shots. What are they actually doing in this new location? Another thing you can aim for is understanding the timeline of your own story. 
if the serial killer is killing somebody every day, then we understand that another murder has happened, another day has passed. Having that timeline, that ticking clock in your story can be helpful in moving the plot forward in time. And the final thing to aim for is that if your scenes have a similar mood back to back, consider just combining them. Like Lee pointed out with Katie Ratio, I needed to combine like the 50 billion parties she went to because they all had the same vibe. If you absolutely must be in two different places with the same mood, use it, don't ignore it. You can often use that as your opening line through the transition. So the same cloud of tragedy hung over this location as the last. Using what makes them similar will be a transition method if you absolutely have to have two scenes back to back with the exact same mood. So these are things to keep an eye out for in other people's writing so that you can figure out how it's used and then apply it to your own. And the first one is going to be the teasing ahead. So you establish, ask me when you get home from school. And then scene break, okay, I'm home from school now, what's your question? Another thing that I enjoy as a scene transition would be the two different places with exactly the same thought. So you end a scene with, I wish I knew how character A was doing. Scene break. You open the next scene with character A wrestling a bear. Okay, we have this nice smooth transition that in this case has a comedic effect. One talking about the other location can be a nice fun way to transition locations. This is definitely best used in comedic settings because it is a little bit tropey. I personally love it. I think it's a lot of fun. Another thing to keep an eye out for as you're writing scene transitions would be if you are changing the point of view character, the first name we should read in the next scene should be the point of view character's name. There are a couple of small exceptions to this, but for the most part, the first name we see is the one we will automatically assume is the point of view character. And the last thing to keep an eye out for is the first and the last word of the scenes that are back to back. So what word did you end with and what word are you beginning with? Especially in the written medium, there is a value to that white space. So anytime you are paragraph breaking, you are scene breaking, anytime there is white space on the page, the last word before the white space and the first word after the white space should be interesting, at least. So to summarize, you probably don't need a fancy transition. Just jump from place to place, time to time, and trust your readers to understand what's going on. Do what you can to help them establish certain things along the way, but don't fill your work with unnecessary details that serve no purpose to the plot. If you need help understanding this, read, and then write what you read, and then write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 